Hello and welcome to the DC Daily Drop. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. So we are finally here with the long, long talked about wrap up of the Justice League movie. It's been more than two months since it released in theaters. Uh, we've got pretty much totals for the box office. As things are winding down, we know it's going to be out just less than a month now on home media, uh, digitally anyway. And so I guess it's as good a time as any to sort of look back on the film, both financially and critically. Um, although we have, we've done our reviews, we're not going to do full reviews or anything like that. You can look back if you want to see those. Um, but have, have your thoughts changed about the film better or worse with, with time Zach? I think with time, my, my thoughts have probably stayed roughly the same, but maybe leaned a little bit more positive actually i think fresh out of it i there was just some of the things that were disappointing were just sticking in my mind and then i think as more time has gone by those things have just kind of like sunk down a little bit and the things that i really really enjoyed and really loved haven't sunk down and so by comparison they just seem that much better now if any of that makes sense what i'm trying to say is i like this movie more now than when i did two months ago i think well, there you go. I think I, I feel about the same as I did after a few viewings. Um, I don't. I don't think it's changed too much. There's, there's a lot to like. There's a few things to not like. Uh, it's not everything I ever could have wanted, but it does a, a ton, right? It does a ton of things I like. Um, I like the characters for the most part. I think the story is relatively simple, uh, but but effective. The villain is not as well developed as you would like visually there's some things that doesn't quite work great because partially because of you know creative choices partially because of reshoots and being rushed obviously um but for the most part i think i i what i said in my review i i stand with i really like the film i like a lot of things about it but i understand some disappointments for certain things about it um yeah there's a lot to like and and we're still putting that aside whatever your thoughts on the films whatever your thoughts are on the dc films to this point we're going to look back at the box office and and the critical response to the film and sort of try to look at things logically take emotion out of it because i know a lot of people uh, are very you know have heated opinions very passionate about this both positive and negative um disappointed in you know they didn't see zack snyder's vision some people disappointed because they still saw a lot of Zack Snyder's vision. Um, lots of things, you know, or they saw a lot of Joss Whedon's vision that they didn't like, or they saw a lot of Joss Whedon's vision that they did like, or um, all this influence and, and finger pointing and things like that. We're going to try to step aside and look at this logically um, as two people who like the film, but realize it could have done better. Yeah. So let's just look at the totals here. No way to no two ways about it. It is it's not what everyone hoped for for a Justice League film. So domestically, it's going to finish around two hundred twenty-seven point five million as of right now. The previous DCEU low was Man of Steel at two ninety-one, and globally it sits at about six fifty-five. Previously, you know, Man of Steel had six sixty-eight was the lowest in the DCEU. So obviously disappointing coming off the success of Wonder Woman, which made. 821 million just a few months before that you hope that momentum would carry forward but that didn't happen uh why do you think this what do you think of this number zach six 655 and 
Um, why do you think that number is what it came in at? I mean, obviously it is, it's a bit disappointing. It's not anywhere near what I think even the most conservative optimistic, um, projections that conservative and optimistic don't, don't really mix, but people who were people who are optimistic about the film, but still wanted to be conservative, I would say even, even they probably had it at least 150, if not $200 million higher than it finished. Um, and like you said, with the success of Wonder Woman, I, I felt a lot better going into this film that it was going to do really well. And that was a long time ago. I think when we did like our year out preview of Justice League, we talked about how if Wonder Woman does well, then Justice League will do well because people want to see Wonder Woman again in Justice League. But that didn't happen. And uh, I think there's, we can, we'll talk about a lot of the different reasons of why we thought that that didn't happen. But I mean, I think some of it probably has a lot to do with Batman versus Superman. And this is this is basically the sequel to that, where, whereas Wonder Woman was more of a standalone that didn't really have anything to do with BVS. And like it or don't like it, the reception to BVS was not good. And so if the general audience thought that Justice League was basically going to be more of the same of Batman versus Superman, then they probably would skip it if they didn't like BVS at all. And, and even if they didn't think it was more of the same, if they just lost interest after BVS, uh, I wrote down a ton of different reasons. I think there are a ton of different factors working against this film. Every film has these. I think it's important to know every film has things working against it, away, keeping it away from its whatever its top box office potential is if everything goes right. Um, this seemed to have more than usual. And with Wonder Woman, things broke right for Wonder Woman. The films released around, you know, it had good buzz, good uniqueness and everything going well for it. And it also, all the films around it, not many did well. Um, financially or critically speaking, not, nothing really stood out around that time. You know, there were quite a few flops, like The Mummy, Transformers came a few weeks later. A lot of disappointments. Justice League was surrounded by a bunch of hits. I don't think that's the biggest reason for its failure. Or not necessarily failure, disappointment is what I should say. I think the reception to Batman v Superman has to be the biggest reason for the the disappointing box office performance. Just even if you love the film, the vast majority of the audience didn't. Or the audience, you know, it was not well received by blockbuster standards. It was certainly, you know, I don't think we need to argue that, you know, critically or fan response was not great. B cinema score and poor critical reviews it soured a lot of people on it and justice league was viewed as a direct sequel to that film. So I think that is the biggest thing working against it that really hurt the box office potential because a lot of people felt burned by this franchise. Even with wonder woman, a lot of people thought this franchise is one for four, you know, two for four, if they like man of steel, which was also somewhat divisive, although not nearly as bad as Batman BVS or suicide squad. So a lot of things working against it, um, and I think the the general reception to Justice League as well, uh, you know, it was it was received better both by fans and by critics. But it also wasn't it wasn't like oh, this is a perfect film. You need to come back to the DC franchise. Yeah, and I think that's that's something important to note too is that we had a couple films leading into this, and a few of them just did not do well, and people didn't like them. And um, the big three. Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman, it's probably almost everybody liked Wonder Woman, um, but it's not unlikely that a lot of people 
didn't like this take on Superman or this take on Batman, especially if if the, all they saw was Batman versus Superman and they didn't like that, then the big three that's supposed to draw you in, if 66% of them you don't like, then that's that's a bit of a hard sell to get the casual fan in because they haven't seen Cyborg, they haven't seen Flash or Aquaman in a film. They just have seen what they've seen in the trailers and so they don't know whether they want to bring them in or not. Yeah, that's a that's a really fair point. Um, I think also the fact that we always talk about how important it is to have something new, unique, different to hook audiences. You know, this is those are the sort of marketing questions that uh, are really important. What is going to draw audiences in? I think as much as we hate to admit it, because this is these are the superheroes I wanted to see always come together. So this was totally something unique and different for me. Uh, but to the general audience. They've seen a group of superheroes come together to fight an alien invasion many times before. Yeah. And so if you're if you're not if you're if you don't absolutely love all these characters or have been disappointed somewhat in recent iterations, it's easy to see why, you know, let's just skip this one. Something else that, that like leading up to it that a lot of people were concerned about was the lack of Superman in the marketing. And obviously they we got like the flashback in the last trailer, but do you think that affected the outcome or do you think that that hurt their chances yes yeah. <laughs> uh you know it's, it's it's another thing that's impossible to judge how much with all of these things you know i think we're all pointing out things that hurt the box office but it's tough to say how much and it's really tough to judge how much because it, it's just really impossible to study unless you have an alternate earth where the opposite happened so we we mentioned months ago all things being equal a movie with Superman in it will make more than a movie with Superman not in it. And so not including him in the marketing, I personally think was, was a mistake. I don't think it's egregious because I think they wanted to keep the things fresh. But personally, I, I'm, I know I'm in the minority here. I would much rather have every scene of Superman's spoiled for me in this movie, make more money so that we can get more justice league films. I would hundred times out of a hundred say, Hey, this, if you, you know, this movie, this moment's going to be spoiled, but the movie's going to do better financially. I would take that every time. You know, I think I want these movies to do well so I can see more of them. Right. That's it's exactly along the lines of what I was going to say. Is like selfishly, I absolutely loved that the very first time I saw Superman turn his head in slow motion and look at the Flash was in the theater. I had no idea that that was coming. But if they had put that in a trailer, I think that would have helped a lot because you get to see even that short little clip you get to see something amazing involving superman in action i think people would have really liked that right and you could argue that that's hindsight is yeah what it is um but a lot of the the better moments a lot of the more crowd-pleasing moments were with superman that superman fighting the entire league in the middle of the film and then superman joining the league were some of the crowd favorite moments and Part of that's because they hadn't seen it before, uh, but also it it they weren't used to hook people in. Um, that's personal. I mean, I understand that people don't want to see anything that's their right. Um, like I said, I would much rather see it and the movie do better financially. But you know, how much would that improve? Uh, right. We don't know. There's also the general negative press attention towards DC films, which we've downplayed in the past. Um, just. You know, movies that aren't received well get negative press after the fact, but a lot of negative press around, you know, reshoots and everything like that. I think that did hurt somewhat, even though that news only hits the hardcore fans. I think if those fans 
if it impacts those fans, they're the ones who are supposed to be spreading the word and, and sharing good news and good buzz with their friends. And if it's negatively impacting them, then they're not as likely to share and get people excited for the film. I'm really curious how this plays out with something like the, the Han Solo film. Cause I, yeah. I haven't heard anything good about that, but the franchise has obviously done well as a whole. Um, it had recent, recent success. So I'm curious how much, you know, that's going to be a good case study, how much this negative buzz or negative press attention really impacts things. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a really good point. You know, it, the less positive stuff that hardcore fans can actually share, actually show and point to and say, oh, no, look, things are going well. You should go check out this movie, too. The, the more casual fans, the the harder it's going to be to get them uh, to show up. Right. There's also a lot of box office competition. Thor Ragnarok exceeding expectations didn't help, uh, as well as, you know, being four weeks before a Star Wars movie. But we mm-hmm. knew that, you know, those didn't do crazy different than what we thought. But Wonder which made over a hundred million domestically released the same day. Coco, which came out five days later did really well. Those are, those are targeted at kids. And this was a more family friendly film than previous DC films, but they also had more, they had, they were competing with other kids movies. And it's a franchise where again, parents thought, you know, I saw BVS took my kid to that probably wasn't, you know, it wasn't for them. And so I'm not going to take them to justice league and there's more competition too. Yeah. Do you think the the TV shows had any impact at all? You know, Flash, Gotham, Supergirl, seeing these characters that were going to be in the movie? I, I think I'm absolutely in the minority here. Um, and I know because I don't know anybody else who has this opinion, but I think you should not have the same characters on film and TV for a lot of reasons. But it's tough to it's tough to judge but so much goes into hyping up a movie and making an event and getting people to get out of their homes and go to the theaters. And when you have half the justice league that you could have seen that year on a TV show, uh, you know, flash, you can see every week that, that, which side note, that's the biggest reason we don't have a flash. In my opinion, the biggest reason we don't have a flash solo film, a traditional solo film and why that film has had more troubles and why it needs to be flashpoint instead of just flash. Yeah. Um, you get the flash every week. Superman showed up a little bit on Supergirl. You get you can get Bruce Wayne. I know it's not Batman, but you can get Bruce Wayne, Alfred, Jim Gordon, all key characters in Justice League. You can get them every week on Gotham. And I think there's something that goes into that in creating scarcity for the characters. You know, it's not necessarily just confusion like, oh, why is there two flashes? Why are they using a different flash? That's part of it. I mean, that plays into it, but there's also something Christopher Christopher Nolan f- wouldn't let anybody use Batman characters. You know, there was a, a Grayson's TV pilot that was squashed because he didn't want the, the Grayson's being used, anything Batman related. I know a lot of people didn't like him for that. I respect him for that because it created s- scarcity for the product. Obviously, those were great films and that wouldn't they wouldn't have been so successful if they weren't so good. But also you go to The Dark Knight this is the first time you could see Batman in three years. You don't know when you're going to see him again. You better get in theaters and see it. You go to the Dark Knight Rises. It's been four years since you've seen a Batman movie. You better go to theaters and see it. And that's what's going to help. That's what helped them make a billion dollars. Um, you can, when you can see those characters every week on TV, I don't, I don't know how to measure that, but it absolutely has to hurt the buzz and the hype and the anticipation somehow. 
Yeah, and I think out of all of those, especially The Flash, just because Ezra Miller is so fantastic, and I think, I mean, I I thought before the film that just how good he was was going to create a bunch of buzz and people are going to want to see it because of, you know, his humor and his style. And I don't think that paid off as well as I thought it was going to. I still loved him in the film, but like you said, it's just you could have watched an episode of The Flash all around watching Justice League and gotten, you know, the same, not the same character, a different take on The Flash, but you could still see The Flash. Right, not the same thing, not the same quality of effects or or anything like that. Um, but you can see it and you can probably see it included in your Netflix subscription. Right. <laughs> um, that and I think a lot of people would disagree with me on this, but I think if you look at it, if you look at it the other way, imagine the, the first Harry Potter movie, okay, 2001, made 974 million, I believe. How much do you, this wouldn't work because all the books weren't out yet, but how much do you think it would make if they, if there was a well-received TV show at the time that was adapting book six while book one came out as a movie. How do you think right. that would impact the box office? Yeah, that it would definitely not help it in any way. Yeah. I think it would hurt it massively, massively because there's a difference between being the adaptation of something and another adaptation of something. Right. And along those lines, there was also a big DC character crossover at least 10 days after the film came out and crisis on earth X. Yeah. The, I think what would be like my perfect world if, cause I still want the TV shows. I know, like you said, it is going to hurt a little bit, I, but I don't want them to cancel the TV shows to try to help their movies. But if, if they had like these big tentpole movies and they carved out a time that they knew that this, these kind of movies were going to come out every year, then have the TV shows go on break around then and so it's been a couple like a month or two since you've seen these characters on tv and everything is completely cleared out for the film yeah i i think it was just it was a weird thing because they released it in november which is always you know the end of november early december is a crossover time so just terror just bad timing again i don't know how much it impacted it but if you love the flash and want to see him with a bunch of superheroes uh you probably weren't going out to see Justice League when the, that, the crossover was going on. Yeah. And it also, again, somehow has to hurt buzz and anticipation and multiple viewings and things like that. Yep. So I guess the, the last aspect of this, there's a lot of people disappointed with Warner Brothers or, you know, I've seen blame pointed at Warner Brothers, Kevin Sujahara, Toby Emmerich, Zack Snyder, Joss Whedon, Jeff Johns, John Berg, pretty much everyone. Um, and I think some of that stems from, well, there's obviously people who didn't like Snyder's previous work, um, having him return to the film. Then there's also the people who do like Snyder's work and it became, you know, Joss Whedon finished the film and it became different. And there was reports of more humor added and a a shortened, you know, a runtime the two hour runtime limit. Uh, what do you think of all that? Yeah. I mean, it's really hard. Like you said, we know we have this hindsight now and it's really hard to, to sit here and to try to objectively say, Oh, this is what I would have done differently in the situation to make it better. And I'm sure those conversations have happened a lot at Warner brothers. So I, I don't know all the inner workings and what they could have done differently, but I think they might've had some troubles with, 
Snyder and you know with his per- personal situation obviously that he, he wasn't going to be able to finish this film and I without seeing the final cut or without seeing what he did we don't even know if he had a final cut if if he had some stuff done and some other stuff not done I, I don't know how to compare that to what actually ended up happening and I I think I think people have been a little too hard trying to like figure out okay this was Snyder and this was Whedon because quite a few times there's been stuff where people have been like oh this is definitely Snyder and then it comes out later that it was actually Whedon I mean they're both talented filmmakers and I think Whedon could fit into the tone just as well as anybody else could yeah I I think one problem is we know less than one percent of information yeah and we all try to extrapolate us included we try to extrapolate it and get as much detail from that as we can and that's that sort of impacts thing i will say on the whole i've said before i think wb has made some mistakes but look look at their 2017 the only films they had a, a great year with kong skull island wonder woman it annabelle creation um we can go on and on the only three films that they quote unquote meddled with or there were reports of you know reshoots and things like that are king arthur geostorm and justice league so their three worst films from on the year in, in terms of their big budget films both financially and critically and i'm not counting blade runner here because they only financed 10 percent of the film um so i'm not counting that critically or financially but those three films were the ones they meddled with and they did worse so is it the chicken or the egg did they meddle with them because they were their worst films and we're trying to get them better or are they the worst films because they were meddled with right and that's like you said that's what we don't we don't know because and we're not really ever going to know i think because when we don't get to see everything behind the scenes but it it you can draw a conclusion either way that those films were were doing bad already and warner brothers did what they could to fix it or it is pretty easy to look at it and say, well, it looks like when Warner Brothers starts meddling in the films, they end up messing them up. And so I'm still hopeful now for the future because of some of the changes that have been happening. I think they really are going to stick to their director driven and let letting the directors really set the tone and the feel for the movies and how they want it to go with John's just stepping in to make sure that everything fits together but I, I'm hoping that they give more autonomy to the creative teams for each film instead of Warner Brothers as a whole trying to to manage each film. And I think what the the important thing there is finding the right people to be their directors. Uh, yeah. Especially I've heard from Matt Reeves and Patty Jenkins in their interviews and things like that. The point is they need to make the film, the studio and the director need to be on the same page. And I think that hasn't been the same case. That hasn't been the case necessarily. I think they've given directors freedom, and then maybe when they test, you know, the the, the first draft, first cut tests poorly, then they're like, "Oh, we need to change things and and go away from it." I think that might have happened in the past. Yeah, I I definitely think that has happened because again, you can say Man of Steel and Wonder Woman were the best received films, and they weren't. We didn't hear any drama or cuts or anything like that. Whereas the other three films did have those problems, right? But I can so I I think they you know Warner Brothers they do deserve blame if they didn't want Zack Snyder's a Zack Snyder film for Justice League they shouldn't have had him return for Justice League, um, but I also understand I'm not I can't get I can't hate Warner Brothers for pumping 
massive budget into my most anticipated film of all time and trying to do what they, especially from what we know, you know, the final cut that was in theaters tested better than the other versions reportedly. So they released, they tried to do what they could release the best version in film in, in theaters and spend as much money as they could to make that happen. Right. Exactly. And yeah, I, I can't disagree with you there. Like we, I think if they had had a smaller budget, there's there's no way that the budget that they spent on this film, you could anybody could argue that they didn't try everything they could to make this a great film. Right, and you could argue, well, they should have they should have you know spent more time planning ahead of time before last minute changes and everything like that. Yeah. So yeah, I I understand people who are um, disappointed, and I understand people who love it. Um, and I don't know. I thought this was just a conversation we needed to have about things to uh, look back on Justice League and, and the pros and cons of it um, and why why it did what it did. And uh, I think next we'll have to have a discussion on what this means for DC going forward. Um, we'll get into that more later, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I guess that's it. So thanks for listening, and we'll be back again tomorrow.